0: Welcome back to another episode of the Gonzaga Nation podcast. Christian Pedersen joined by Dan Dickow. And we've got a bunch to get to on a WCC weekly episode. Dan, last week in the span of 24 hours, we went from really having nothing to talk about that was super specific and we're still just kind of like, hey, the season. And now we have like the nitty gritty fun details (laughs) of a schedule release that you initially talked about uh everyone go check out that podcast check out all the articles that have been coming out about it but dan you've also now had a little bit more time to sit with the schedule and i'm curious what are some of your you know further takeaways big games for gonzaga things that you're kind of curious about where it falls here in the year what it's going to be focused on and then also marcus adams jr deciding to leave gonzaga and again you had an initial first breaking news thoughts and i'm curious more of your developed kind of takeaways from that so of those two things which do you want to get to first
1: well, we could go to schedule stuff first. I mean, I know it's one of those things where everybody throughout the summer is excited about the schedule, the schedule. Hey, who they play? You know, you got the big news about the San Diego State game. You get the big news about uh, the UConn game. Uh, you start kind of piecing together when that UW game is going to be, when certain other games might happen. Um, but the the big one to kind of fall into place is the league schedule, because as you can imagine, that's the bulk of your schedule. There's 16 games right there. Uh, the WCC released released it last Friday, uh, with a couple new caveats, a couple uh, quirks to the schedule this year. And the fact that three games in the WCC, one of which involved Gonzaga will be played on Tuesdays. Uh, that's to allow a little bit more flexibility to get the games on, on big ESPN, whether it's ESPN, ESPN two, Uh, That'll be determined at a later date, but Gonzaga is involved in one of those games, January
0: 30th against Loyola Marymount.
1: Yeah, it's a home game, that's for sure. And it's intriguing because when you look at it, uh, the three games involve Gonzaga, Loyola Marymount, San Francisco and St. Mary's. So uh, if you kind of just take a step back, okay, ESPN and and, and their prognosticators are probably imagining uh, that those are the going to be the four best teams in the league. And I don't disagree. I think Santa Clara falls into that, that category as well. I think they're going to challenge um, for the third or fourth spot uh, alongside LMU and USF. But, you know, that's an interesting thing that the league and ESPN has done. You also look at, you know, Gonzaga does have a Wednesday game during conference, during a lighter league week, uh, allowing them to play Kentucky uh, in the middle of conference season, which I think is tremendous. It's huge.
0: Like February 3rd, a Saturday, they have St. Mary's February 7th, a Wednesday, they have Portland. And then that subsequent February 10th, Saturday, that next Saturday they have Kentucky. So Saturday, St. Mary's Wednesday, Portland, Saturday, Kentucky is that week.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a that's a tremendous uh stretch for Gonzaga simply for the fact that if if you take a step back and look the game before that it's the LMU game that I'm talking about so I think that four game stretch in the middle heart of league play uh, is really going to show a lot about Gonzaga's chances to make a deep NCAA tournament run because let's not kid ourselves that's what everybody's excited about that's what they want to see is a deep run so you got a good loyal Marymount team. Then you got St. Mary's at home, uh, who I think is a top 20-ish team this year. Then you got Portland, who Shantae Leggins has retooled that roster once again. They always play a unique way, kind of a bully ball style that has given Gonzaga problems at times. Although Gonzaga has beaten them handily at times, you never know what you're going to get in that matchup, in that game. And then they go on the road, like you mentioned, to Kentucky. So I think that's a great four-game stretch during the middle of conference play the other stretch that i'm looking at for conference play is the last two games of the of the regular season for the WCC it's february 29th to thursday at san francisco and then march 2nd saturday at st mary's the league's done this a number of times where when it looked like BYU might be the challenger to gonzaga they would play them the last regular season game of the league uh, St. Mary's looks like they're the challenger. They play St. Mary's the last regular season game of the league. Uh, you know, you, you're going to have some fans that gripe and complain about it. But I I love that. I, I think it's, uh, you know, a couple things can happen. If Gonzaga is able to distance themselves early in league play, um, you know, you get another great tune-up leading into postseason play with the WCC tournament without any concerns or any worries. If you've struggled and it becomes – a game to win a league title. Well, all the chips get pushed in. You got to bring your best. You. It's another kind of uh, opportunity to sharpen uh, your game leading into the postseason. So, uh, I, I love the 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 schedule breakdown for Gonzaga. I'm curious and I'm interested though to see when these other uh, non-conference games get filtered in because, uh, as we all know, Gonzaga is typically slow to release it, and so many times. It's because they're working with television partners, ESPN or CBS, uh, to to figure out where these games will fit and slide on their regular schedule.
0: And it certainly is probably nice to be in a routine as a team, but I feel like maybe I'm being ignorant of basketball, but it's not as big of a disruption to the seasonal flow to move a game from a Tuesday to a Thursday as it would say it would be like a football team to play a Thursday night game or something like that.
1: No, I don't think it's it shouldn't be uh, a disruptor. You know, if you look at the majority of conferences uh, across the country, you, you take out the Ivy League because they have a strict policy of of no no miss school. So those games, those that league typically plays on a Friday and a Saturday, they're probably the only co- league in the in the country that does that. The Patriot might because uh, those two leagues are, are a lot of bus rides of, of two to three to four hours where you could leave on a Friday at noon for an eight o'clock tip off uh, if the schedule dictates that. But um, when you look at it, when you get away from your typical Thursday-Saturday stretch, which has been normal in the WCC for a long time, years ago when I was playing, we would even on the road go Friday-Saturday to cut costs and save costs for, for all the schools in the league. That's not the case anymore because there's so much money in college athletics. But um, I, I think athletes are and coaches are creatures of habit. So it's good in one way to to have left the schedule the way it was for so long Thursday Saturday you kind of get into a routine of, of what you work on on practice on Mondays on Tuesdays Wednesdays and then your day in betweens so I, I do think there's value to that but when you get to the postseason you have to be able to adjust and you have to be for a different team uh in a hurry you have to be able to adjust of, of when you would prefer to have practice but you can't because nothing's available so you got to go at a different time so i don't mind the fact that there's a couple different uh, days of the week that are slotted into the the league schedule. that tuesday like uh, we mentioned against little marymount and that wednesday against portland
0: Let's talk about the other thing I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Marcus Adams, Jr. uh, Deciding to decommit from Gonzaga. You had an initial reaction that I think everybody needs to hear. uh, Listen to your whole podcast that came out in so so that I'm not overly paraphrasing, but basically you said, if this guy doesn't want it, you know, if he doesn't want the smoke, like we don't want him. He's not the kind of player that fits into the Gonzaga culture said, man, I'm over paraphrasing there, but you know, can you say a little bit more about something like that where you're, you're trying to reassure the Gonzaga people. We're not like not missing out. Well, on hey, hey, look,
1: I mean, he wasn't a target recruit to begin with. Right. I mean, if you it go always back
0: hurts to be the one who's dumped, but you are saying don't
1: panic. Yeah. hundred percent. Don't panic. I, I think there's no worries. I, I think the excitement for probably Gonzaga fans and, or the staff to all oh, add him to the roster five weeks or so ago when he left Kansas it's simply for the fact that he was leaving Kansas. I mean, there, there's a in the transfer portal and in the world of recruiting, there is a lot of who's recruiting this guy, right? And sometimes a school will not have even seen a player in person, but they get when they get word that somebody has offered a kid, so they will offer him just so they don't seem like they they've missed on something because or they're not involved.
0: Obviously, knows something. Yeah.
1: And I'm not, I'm not saying this was the case with Gonzaga, but this happens all the time. So now you have a player who's heading into his freshman year and he's on campus in the summertime. Um, He gets to campus in Lawrence and something's not right for him. And it happens, right? I don't blame the kid. It, it happens. Maybe he felt that the transfer portal guys that were coming in, uh, were going to play more minutes than him. And that's not what he wanted. Some guys want to come in and be uh, handed. Hey, you're a freshman. Here's 25 minutes. Well, what good coach is going to do that? I don't know of any coach um, that that just guarantees minutes or a starting roster position, a spot. Even if you look at what Gonzaga did with some of their highest profile recruits ever, Chet Holmgren, they, Jalen Chet Suggs,
0: promised a, a shot at the starting lineup. They weren't.
1: They, they were absolutely were not promised uh, a, a starting position. They recruit in a way that hey, look. Here's an opportunity. this is how we envision you fitting with us. This is these are the things that we envision you being able to do. Now it's up to you to go out there and prove to us that yes, I fit that vision. I deserve those minutes and go after it and take it. as an athlete, you want to take those opportunities. You don't want those opportunities handed to you. Um, you know, you could look at another opportunity or, or another example with Gonzaga um Hunter Salas. He was highly recruited. Like he was a top 25, top 30 player. Some people had him as high as, you know, 12, 15 in the the rankings in high school. He goes to Gonzaga. Gonzaga never promised him any minutes. They never promised him starter opportunities. They promised him an opportunity to earn minutes. He was never able to crack through the rotation and earn minutes. For a a lack of for for a number of different reasons, the inability to hit jump shots, uh, the lack of of physical strength, which, you know, becomes a big part of of the game. Once you get into league play and deep into the postseason, he showed flashes his sophomore year, but he felt like he needed a change and he wasn't up to the challenge for fighting for it and competing with it or for it in his third year at Gonzaga. Some players are built that way. Some aren't Uh, Marcus Adams Jr., for example. I don't know him. I don't know his family. I don't, I, I never met any of them, but the thing that's really concerning is you're in camp at Kansas, a true elite program. It's not maybe going the way you want and you jump ship and bail rather than fighting it out. You're at Gonzaga, right? you have committed. You've been part of the program for less than five weeks. And there's been a couple other additions to the program, Luka Kronovic being one from from Croatia, who's, they're not the same position, but they are probably competing for some backcourt wing type minutes. And he decides to leave again without even really kind of immersing himself in the Gonzaga culture. Those are some question marks that come up awfully soon. Now, the question that's going to be brought up, and I don't know if anybody else has brought it up, I mentioned it in my podcast that we released yesterday was, um he obviously he signed a letter of intent what happens because typically schools will let you out of the first one but he i don't i don't i don't know if he's applied for a waiver i don't know if gonzaga's uh, agreed to give him a waiver i don't know what the process is when it's Two transfers in about a five-week stretch—that that's new territory for me. I don't know anything it, about if, that. So if it'll if be you, interesting. Back in
0: divorced in under six months, you can get it annulled. Maybe the first transfer, uh, yeah, Just yeah. annul the
1: transfer. Annulled. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gonzaga is a uh, is a Catholic Jesuit institution, so maybe annulment rather than a waiver would be the correct wording and approach to take with this.
0: <laughs> he said seven hail marys, and 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 they let him off the. Uh, yep.
1: Who knows? <laughs> Dan,
0: anything else that people need to get to this week? I think that the schedule stuff, like we said, you now can really dive into that and expect a ton of great stuff coming off of that schedule information over the next couple weeks, especially. And we got to give a show shout out to our former intern turned employee, Cole Forsman, who's now a full-time writer with us. So tons of that to check out. It feels like, you know, they're coming back from school, they're coming back from summer. We've got games, we've got everything. Like, I dare I say the next time we talk it's like the in-season basketball podcast like we're we're just it feels really close. Anything else summer related content that we need yeah, to get I
1: mean through? we're we're right there. I mean this is the week that guys come back um to campus. Uh Luka Kronovic, we mentioned him the Croatian kid, he's now in Spokane. Obviously that's a longer travel for him to come over from Croatia and Eastern Europe, as opposed to, you know, a Nolan Hickman driving over from Seattle or Ben Gregg driving up from the Portland area. Um, but guys will start trickling back onto campus this week. Class starts next week. And if I remember from, from my past experiences, um, and maybe that's not the case with guys nowadays, but I would extend summer as long as I could. If, if our first meeting was on Monday, the, the week, the first week of school, I wouldn't move up to Spokane until Saturday night, maybe Sunday afternoon, and I would take hours that last day getting kind of my my apartment or my dorm set up and and ready to go for the for the school year.
0: Yeah, I can remember um, the the give and take of being a spring sport athlete myself in college was I always like the moving back to school we could, we had no rush because there was no real fall ball like right off the gate, but then it was always winter break for me that I was like. Oh, man, it's getting cut five days short because, like, season starts. And so I got to, like, yeah, I'm, everyone's like, when you coming back up to school, I'm like, I am coming back up to school 45 minutes before practice starts. Yes. It's January 2nd, and I'm supposed to, like, every other student that goes to our school has six more days of break. So you, I'll see all of you at the last possible second. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Make sure that you guys check out everything that we are doing um, all across the week. Not just the podcast, but like you said, Cole Ford's been writing stuff. Subscribe to Gonzaga Nation wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Fan Nation Zags on social media. Follow Dan at DanDickout21. We'll catch you guys next time.